Right. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to see you. It's lovely to see faces. Right, I'll just uh, get myself organized. Okay, if you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 25, just whilst I'm moving my bits of paper around. Okay, we're going to look at another parable this morning. And we need to remember, just as we're thinking about a parable, that it is a story, it's an allegory, it's a story with a meaning for us that we can interpret, but we don't read a parable literally, uh, we read it as a story. Now, in the one that we're going to look at this morning, there are four characters, and we can imagine ourselves into any of the servants that we're going to read about. But I do want to say that the, the master in this parable isn't God. Okay, we know God's character from his word that we've got and from the things that Jesus taught us. And the master in this story is harsh. And he, it says that he's known for taking crops that aren't his. And this isn't the character of God. So let us read Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to read verse 14 through to 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going along on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities he left for his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said to the master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the, servant re uh, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, 
and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So up until this point in the Bible, Jesus has been teaching about his kingdom, how to live, and because he has told them he won't be with them forever. One day soon, he says he will leave them and go to be with his father in heaven, but he will return. So our story that we've just read today is in chapter 25. And just before this, in chapter 24, there's a little passage that is called Jesus Foretells the Future. And in chapter 25, we can then see a parable called The Ten Bridesmaids. And it's all about being watchful and being prepared. In fact, Jesus says in there, you must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So he's explaining to his disciples that he's going to leave them, but he will come back. But there will be a delay between his leaving and his return. So live like this. Lives that will bring him glory living with faith, taking risks with him, rather than turning to evil deeds, to inactivity or fearful passivity. So there are three servants, one master and lots of money. The master plans a trip, and before he goes away, he gives money to the three servants, telling them to invest while he is away. Servant one has five bags, of silver, servant two, two bags, and servant three has one bag. Now, that may seem a little unfair. I thought it was a little unfair. Why couldn't they all have the same amount? But actually, we read that the, the master gave out his silver in proportion to the servant's abilities. And I think that's worth remembering because we are all different. And we are known by our heavenly father and he knows our abilities and what we can handle in him. So the master left, and the servants got to work. One and two, they did well, investing and doubling their money. Maybe they were comfortable with taking risks, and I wonder if they had had a discussion with a financial advisor and taken a risk questionnaire at some point about their attitude to risk, it could have shown that they viewed risk as an opportunity. And then we have servant number three. He dug a hole and put his money in the ground for safekeeping. It was safe. It was secure. No one knew where it was apart from him. It was a prudent move, I'd say. Now, there's another story in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, where someone hid their treasure in the ground. It seems like people buried their treasure for safekeeping. So, hey, well done, number three. It's safe. It's secure. But then the master returns home after a long time away. We are told he's been away some time and he wants to hear an account of how everyone's been doing. Servant one and two both give an account and they give interest earned to their master. 
Number one had the five bags. Number two had two extra bags. Well done, says the master. Well done, my good and faithful servants. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Servant three mm, comes to see the master with excuses. Now he thinks he knows who his master is and what he is like. He explains, doesn't he, the fear that he felt, the worry inside him of losing what he'd been given. So he simply gave back his one bag of money. Now the master, we read, didn't we, that he's angry. He calls number three wicked and lazy. They're harsh words. And he, he tells them, at least you could have put it in the bank. At least there would have been a bit of interest, a bit more money in return. And he took it, didn't he? And he gave it to the first servant and threw number three out. Harsh. I think that's harsh. Number three. Now, he didn't steal it. He gave the one bag back. He didn't lie. He didn't lose the money. He didn't spend it on stuff that he could have done. He actually looked after it. He was prudent. He was actually anxious not to lose what he'd been given. And he tried to preserve it. But his fear and his misunderstanding of who the master was gave him this excuse of laziness that led him to behave the way that he did. And actually, the end result was not what he wanted. It was the opposite. He was cast out. So how do we apply this story to our lives today, here and now? Now, servant number one and number two, they both got a well done, good and faithful servant. And I reckon that's exactly what we are all wanting. A well done when we stand before God. Well done. Yes. Well done. They took what they were given, appropriate to their abilities, remember, and they invested it. They weren't fearful nor passive but they actually took the opportunity that they had and they put it into good use. So our lives should be ready for Jesus' return with activity and faithful service, which produces results. Because Jesus said one day he's coming back. Now, in the meantime, he hasn't left us on his, our own. We have the Holy Spirit we don't have to do this period of waiting on our own because he has given us the helper. That is what the Holy Spirit is known as, the helper. And we can step out with the Holy Spirit in faith to do good works. Look at the reward and the praise that one and two got. They earned differing amounts of interest. Number one had the five bags. He gave more in return. And number two, the two bags, which was a little less. But the master didn't say, let's celebrate to number one. Let's have champagne 
and then turn to number two, who only gave two bags, you can have lemonade. No, the reward wasn't for the result. The reward was for the faith that they both worked out of. It was the risk of the investing that they were given that the master was celebrating both the same. Now, this story is about salvation and judgment. So how do we please the Lord as we await his return? By taking what he's given us and making it grow. Servant number three, let fear keep him from the possibility of failure. He tried to preserve, but he actually lost what he would have gained. Now, Many of you will know this story already, but back in the 1950s, there was a man called Jim Elliott. And he and four other men traveled from their home in America to be missionaries in Ecuador. And he believed that God wanted him to tell the Orca or Alca tribe the good news about Jesus. They'd spent time learning some language, a few phrases of the Orca language, and after months, the other missionaries began to build relationships with the tribe. Now, they flew over the jungle in Ecuador. They dropped gifts from the plane, and they shouted greetings from the windows up in the skies down to the people on the ground. The missionaries landed in the small plane on a very small strip of land in the jungles of Ecuador. And their hearts were set on reaching the Orca Indians with the good news of Jesus. Now, on their second trip, only their second trip to see the tribe, the five missionaries were attacked and killed by the Orca warriors. Now, in Jim Elliott's journal, he had written the words, He is no fool who gives what he can never keep to gain what he can never lose. Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth, said that they knew the dangers. They knew that it would be a dangerous trip, but they also knew that they belonged to God. He was their creator, their redeemer. They had no choice but to obey him. And that meant obeying his command to take the good news to every nation. Jim had realized the emptiness of what the world could offer him in comparison to the far greater value of what was found in God. He is no fool who gives what he can never keep to gain what he can never lose. But hang on, fear is crippling. It binds and it holds us back from being effective. And it is actually the devil's plan to make us ineffectual Christians. It doesn't mean we've turned away from Jesus or lost interest or lost faith, but somehow it's buried in a field, ready to be returned with no interest. We may feel fear of failure, of judgment, of getting it wrong, of what people may say to us or about us or of the unknown, just being fearful of what we don't know or fear of what someone might do to us. 
but we must remember that fear doesn't come from God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that same spirit is in us. In Deuteronomy, God said to Joshua in verse 30, chapter 31, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic. In the Psalms 27, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? Again, in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua speaks and, uh, God speaks to Joshua and says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Psalm 56, David says, When I am afraid... I will put my trust in you. That says God knows that we will face fear. So we're given these reminders of how to handle our fears. But in God, I put my trust. Now, life is full of faith stealers, like stress and doubt, uncertainty and fear. And fear is our human response to situations that we don't understand or we don't have control over. And, you know, fear is part of the enemy's arsenal to wreak havoc in our lives that will decrease our faith. And when we come under or submit to those fears and allow our minds to become controlled by it, it's then we become ineffectual Christians ones who may be burying what we've been given in the ground. So let us get to know God better. Do you remember right at the start I said, God's not like the master in this story. But our fear is a response to a misunderstanding of who God is. He isn't like this master. God is more like, and so much more, like the father in the prodigal son. Do you remember that story? The father who runs to the returning son with his skirt hitched up into his belt. I won't do that now for you. Hitched up so he can sprint, running with his arms open wide to sweep his son off his feet with a tight hold of love and welcome home. Wow! That's who God is. He isn't standing like a judge waiting to condemn, to shout at us, to throw us out as worthless rubbish. But he's there, ready. He's here, ready to speak over us. Well done. Even though we don't earn that well done. God the Father spoke over Jesus at his baptism and he said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we are now in Jesus. And now boldly we can approach God. And he speaks his well done over us too, over me, over you. Well done because of Jesus. So let us take these wrong thoughts captive. Remind ourselves of God's word and his 
truth. You know, we can take back control of our fears and place them under the authority of God, of his truth, of what God's word says. Psalm 56 was, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. That was David's response. He turned to God. So if the truth, no, if the thought in your mind doesn't line up with the truth of God, we need to replace it with what God says. Take that thought captive and replace it with the truth of what God says. There are so many promises and truths that we can read in his word. Expose the lies that the enemy has planted and replace it with the truth. Now, these three servants that we have met today all had opportunity to invest what they were given. God calls us to live our lives with faith, stepping out in God, not being concerned with the result, but with the obedience of stepping out into whatever God puts in front of us so that one day when we stand before him, before our heavenly father, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I think it'd be really good to respond. And there are some things that I've been thinking about this week as I've been preparing Fear can take a real hold and a real grip. So I think it would be really good to pray and to respond in whatever way that we need to this morning. So would someone come and pray? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, Jesus, you, you came not to uh, bring fear. You came to bring faith and give faith. Faith is completely the opposite end of the spectrum to fear. One, we shrinks you back. You, you hide. You, you want to not be seen. You want to go under a rock. You want to uh, be absorbed and so not seen at all. And the other, you, you might not want it, but you're willing to be stepping forwards and and taking new ground that you, you get a sense that is right to do. It might not be you, but if you've got a calling, then you sense it. And uh, I get a sense that even today, I, for those who belong to Crawley Community Church, you know what it was like before lockdown. God might be bringing you to a new place and saying, look, don't live by fear, which is the world around now, but live by faith. And where do you find you, you, you've got faith and circumstance? I, even today, God was speaking to me. I, I, for those who come to the building and have, seen, have been here as members perhaps before lockdown, there was the youth part over this side. There's not many youth there now, but I found myself right where the youth sit. <laughs> and I get a sense that God's saying that even at the end of this pandemic time, ask God where you are now located. He's got things for you to do. He's got places for you to be. You might be in a completely different place to where you were at the beginning. Um, but actually, he's calling you to live by faith because he's calling and speaking into your heart. So I, I get a, a sense that God's saying, 
I am speaking to you. I have been speaking to you. What rises up in your heart is from me and, your, and my spirit. And don't bury it, which is safety and actually fear. Let's call it out for what it is. It's fear. But let's live by that. Be yourself. Because I've called you to be yourself. Nothing more. But where I'm calling you to be, even if you find yourself in a place you've never been before, live for me there by faith. Don't hide. Don't put your faith behind things. Step back. Actually, just be yourself and be a light, a city on the hill that all can see. And he will do amazing things for those around you. Oh, not because of you, but because of them. Because he loves them and wants them to know him. Oh, but the joy that comes when you when you live and step out in faith. Oh, the joy of knowing the Holy Spirit coming through you to those around is completely different from shying back. You know when you've got it wrong. You know when you didn't do it, but God is gracious and he loves you. So let's just continue to sing. Nathan's going to lead us in a song. And uh, we just say, Jesus, come, have your way amongst us. Jesus, wherever we find ourselves, oh, God, we're okay with that as long as you're with us. We're okay with being wherever we are as long as you're with us. If you're not with us, Lord, help us move to a, a different place. But where we find that we're with you and we've got a sense of calling, of faith, Lord, Lord Jesus, fill us, Lord, with your spirit and help us see all that you've got for, those, for us and those around. Thank you, Lord. Amen.